1: A couple of armchair GMs who have yet to be wrong with any of their Timberwolves takes. <laughs> right. It's
0: Flagrant Howls with Phil Mackey and Kyle Tykey.:
1: You know, we were just talking. <laughs> we love to rank things in our lives. You, rank, you do your little leadership power rankings. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't mean that. I, sound no, I like rank condescending. my friends. Like I literally, I've talked I to you with my wife. Like I have my friends anyone who's listening to this and
0: my friends you know like there are tiers to my friendship that's how i figure out how to prioritize them so uh did you
1: did you you have MySpace back in the day oh my god yeah top eight and you could literally have a top eight and it was very controversial when you would move someone out and someone would replace and then then you it was like talk to the person that
0: yeah like it was like i could have like like megan second and Jacqueline third but then I could overnight I could like switch them oh you didn't get an announcement right but then you had to like go see (laughs) someone's page I remember there's like page views and stuff too but uh yeah I had I was a big MySpace guy I use a lot of my chemical romance songs as like my background song we got to my page so yeah we need if Twitter doesn't work I might go back to MySpace
1: you know MySpace was great I used to also this is uh this is way back now this is like 20 years ago when I was like high school middle school Mm -hmm. and ESPN.com used to do it was like fantasy sports online before like fantasy sports oh, online yep. became super popular on like Yahoo. And it was, uh, they had like ESPN's virtual GM where you could, Oh, it was, oh, I'm sorry. It was like daily. It was like what FanDuel and DraftKings do in price picks. Like, oh, but yeah, it was yeah. 20 years ago and it wasn't for money. It was just for fun. Yep. And, uh, but they had, you could have your own profile, like your own ESPN virtual GM <laughs> profile. It was like MySpace for like nerdy fantasy players. And you could rank, you could rank like your friends and stuff. It's great. No ranking again. If if you listen to nothing else from this
0: podcast today, uh, I highly recommend ranking your friends. Maybe not (laughs) publicly, maybe not writing them down. But if you have an internal log of, you know, where does Ryan fall? Is he tier one or tier two? It really helps when you're trying to prioritize gifts or birthdays or trips. Yeah. How often That's to reach probably. out?
1: You know, you want to make sure yeah. that you're allocating. OK, I'm going to send five text messages to the top three this week. OK, if maybe wait su- a week on the, the other five. If
0: you support this pod and you haven't heard from me in six months, you are in
1: tier four. Yeah, So congratulations. <laughs> wait, How many tiers are there? I think four. OK, I will be, I'll show you my tiers on, offline. <laughs> so uh, the ringer came out with the top 100 players in the National Basketball Association. And I'll just I'll just kind of fly through here some highlights, and then we'll get to where the top Timberwolf ranks. And then I want your thoughts on whether you think the top Timberwolf is too high or too low. So Giannis, can we agree? Giannis, this is Giannis's league still, yep. right? Yep. And uh, you've got the Texas Chainsaw Massacre happening behind your head. They right somehow
0: now. do lawn maintenance here nine days a week. I don't really <laughs> get it, but uh, more part It's a
1: them. very well manicured podcast studio. Um, Nikola Jokic, number two, Steph Curry, still third. Aging Steph Curry, but still very effective. 34 years old. Fourteenth season in the NBA. Luca four, Kevin Durant five, Joel Embiid six, Jason Tatum seven, LeBron eight, Anthony Davis, nine. Feels a little high to me. Feels a
0: little high to me. the, the top nine I'm not gonna fight with because they're all the best players in the league, but like you could make a case that, like, a 38-year-old LeBron is still awesome, but, like, okay, at some yeah. point he's going to fall all the way out of this whole thing.
1: Zion is 10. John Morant, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, 14. Paul George, 15. Okay, that's your top 15. Yep. I'm going to skip here so we don't waste everyone's time. The top Timberwolf on this, on this list is Anthony Edwards, 36th. Nope. Just behind Draymond Green, Desmond Bain, Laurie Markkinen, and Drew Holiday. Oh, I'm sorry. Carl Anthony Towns is 31st. Yep. 31 Carl Anthony Towns,
0: 36 Anthony Edwards, and then 48th, I believe, is Rudy Gobert. So three yep. Timberwolves in the top, what you would say 48. Yep. What
1: are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? So none of no. the top 30. No Timberwolves in the top 30.
0: Uh, no, it's kind of, you know, there's DeMar DeRozan in there, Brandon Ingram. Um, if you go look at, again, it's a really good list and Phil and I love lists. We list everything. Um, Tyrese Halliburton is at 20. That seemed aggressive. He's, um, he's but shooter. he's a, yeah, he, and he is great. It's just, that's, that's a, I'm not sure I'm ready to put like Tyrese Halliburton above Jalen Brown or, um, but there's a, I guess my biggest takeaway is, is that Ant at 36, is the youngest person like in the top 36? Like he is there isn't anyone 21 or younger ahead of Ant. So he is the highest ranked young player. Um, but yeah, just I mean, just you know, you look at the list, it's like, yeah, it's guys you just know are better, LeBron, Luke, all these guys, Giannis, but a lot of guys, Kawhi, Paul George, that are 27, 28, 29, and it just highlighted to me. This is why I sent it to you in the first place. It's like This isn't Anthony Edwards league right now by any means like three years from now. I don't know, man. When a lot of these guys are north of 30, I mean you see the injuries that Kawhi has that Paul George has neither guy played against the wolves the other night. Like Ant is only 21 and there's not an, I don't think another 21 year old on this list, at least in the top 50. So three guys in the top 48, no guys in the top 30. I think Carl's another injury has brought him down. Rudy's slow start brought him down, but, um, yeah, it's an interesting thing because I don't I haven't looked at it yet, but I don't think there's another team that has three guys in the
1: top 48. They're so going to they, update this regularly, I guess, too, so the the Ringer's man, they're all in on rankings, man. They started the football season with their <laughs> yep. first annual and and weekly updated quarterback rankings oh, where like every week, you know, Kirk Cousins could have a dud game early in the season, he'd move down two spots in the quarterback ranking. So they're going they're going to do this and it looks like uh, it's it, it was just updated today. And then I'm guessing they're going to update it like however often. So the write-up for Towns is franchise center with some of the most obvious gravity in the league, but some questions about his defense linger. Um, there's a big write-up here. It's hard to be both polarizing and an all-NBA center uh, caliber franchise player, but that's exactly what Towns has become just as he enters his prime on a team that was dramatically reconstructed with his weaknesses in mind, meaning defense and rim protection. And then for Ant, the write-up is burly Scorer, who has flashed superstar abilities but needs to find consistency as a shooter and a passer. Ant is a bruising bucket getter from all over the court who's at his best on drives to the basket. He looks like an oversized football player plowing through defenders to feast around the rim and finish at a higher rate. I'm going to give the ringer the football. the football sounder for that one. <laughs> Though he still doesn't get a superstar whistle, which is very true, his ability to initiate contact and finish through it should lead to more calls and thus more easy points at the free throw line in the future. Um, If somebody would have told you on draft night 2020, at this point in his third season, about halfway through his third season, he will be the 36th ranked player in the NBA. How would you feel about that? I mean that is a massive, massive, massive home
0: run, and it's it's what I've said that during the darkest of times, it sounds cliche or cheesy, but like as long as this kid's on the team, he's what I think this ranking shows me. He's ahead of Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal is I think renowned as being an all NBA shooting guard in the league, and like this trade asset you'd want to get on your team. And Ant's twenty one. Um, I think Ant makes less money this year than Tim Connolly. That's kind of crazy. Like. You have them on a good deal. You have them at a good age. The write-up that you didn't read that they expanded like there's some stuff in there that's like I feel like maybe they recycled it from his draft profile. I don't know if they did an entire new write-up, but uh, to say to to fast forward from COVID 2020 draft, I mean that was almost two and a half years ago. And say you're gonna have a top 40 player that you drafted one overall, especially in a draft that was really crapped on for multitude of reasons and stuff. I mean, and 14 spots ahead of LaMelo that tells you that like you, you got the pick, right. You should feel really confident. And some of the things that they're saying about being aloof as an off ball defender and stuff, that's right. But his on ball stuff's gotten a lot better. And I'd be shocked if he's not top 25, you know, maybe by the same time they do this again, next January.
1: You know, this is interesting. The last sentence of this is and it's Kevin O'Connor, friend of the friend of the Mackey and judge show, Kevin O'Connor Edwards overall game can and should be better but whether he taps into his immense potential is a matter of if, not when. Not when, not if. He's saying if not when. And that's the line that's I mean, KOCs love him, but that's just a line that like,
0: maybe this was written in November. This I mean, this is a big project they're working on here. This might have been like a I drafted this before Thanksgiving. I don't I mean, I I think you've yeah. seen since Carl went down, Ant's done almost everything you want. He was banged up. You didn't think he was gonna play in Houston, he gutted it out like I don't know if that I think he started to do the win, not the if, but I'll defer to KOC because he's he's a smart basketball mind.
1: Yeah, that's uh, I, I agree. I, I tend to try and sometimes I think it's it's easy to get wrapped up in like we're just watching these Wolves games all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and we probably do over inflate our opinion of some of these players that we that we watch on a regular basis. But interestingly enough, two back of uh, of Edwards at 38 is Andrew Wiggins. But I don't know that Andrew Wiggins – we talked about this sort of last week with our D'Lo Andrew Wiggins discussion or earlier this week or whatever, last week. I get them all blended together. It's Tuesday today. (laughs) He doesn't become the 38th-ranked player in the NBA unless he's with that infrastructure Mm -hmm. around Mm -hmm. Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. So so good for him. And then DeJounte Murray is 39th, Jeremy Grant. Here's the write-up on Rudy Gobert, who's 48th. World-class rim protector – with unanswered questions about whether his teams could ever win the big one. And uh, this is from Kevin O'Connor, too. The Gobert blame game is nauseating. Yes, he's paid the max. Yes, the Jazz never got through the second round with uh, with him. Yes, the Wolves traded too much for him. But so much focus is put on what Gobert doesn't do instead of what he does. He's an all-time great screener, lob finisher, and interior defender. Try to stop being such a hater and instead blame his front offices for failing to build competent supporting casts. Yes, this is one of my biggest things. He isn't a guy that you run plays for. He isn't the most like nimble, uh, beautiful player to watch on the basketball court. But again, you know, this four game was a four game winning streak that they're on right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'll give you, he has played better, and I think he just looks more spry lately than maybe in the first twenty or thirty games of the season. he's He's doing things that don't count in the box score all the time. He's altering shots. Guys are having to you know, find spaces on the court that they don't want to shoot from because of him. Is he worth all the money? I don't know. Maybe not. Was he worth all the draft picks? I don't know. Maybe not. But has he been an effective player for the Timberwolves? Yes, I think so. I don't even know if we've seen the best of him yet. So I tend to agree with Kevin O'Connor here. I'm uh, I'm not saying that this is like a, a win of a trade yet for the Timberwolves, but people are, are way harder on Rudy Gobert because... It's hard to quantify the things that he does great, like you would with a three-point yeah. shooter or yeah.
0: something. And there, there's still—I mean, that's just like if you want to dive into NBA Twitter, there's just guys that your casual fan doesn't like. <laughs> they just—you know—Rudy Gobert has done some things in his life, both—I mean, on and off the court, whatever—that just like make him an easy punching bag. Um, a lot of times, too, I saw this take the other day. Like sometimes, too, it, people like to rip on the European guys a little more until they've you know, done something, which I don't know why that is, but yeah, this idea that like with the unanswered questions about whether his teams could ever win the big one, I know he's got a couple more years and he's not nearly as good of a player. Yeah. But that's coming from Nikola Jokic too. Like it's great that you're going to probably win another third MVP, but at some point the traditionalists, right? The, the old heads are going to be like, Hey, do something in the playoffs, win a ring. Like there's a lot of guys that have not won rings because of LeBron and Steph. So it's not just Rudy, but yeah, I mean, there was some quotes that came out of the Houston game and I don't, they won. They're on a four game winning streak. I don't really have any interest in recapping that game. Cause it was a dumpster fire for the first half. But a lot of people said that like, you know, Rudy really tried to, you know, Hey guys, let's like, let's figure this out. Like tried to, you know, he's a winner. Um, he hasn't won a title, but every look at his track record in Utah, he wins a lot of regular season games. And that's like a benchmark for this team in general. It's like, can we just win a lot of regular season games? That would make the trade a win. In essence, if you win a couple fifty win seasons, so uh, yeah, I thought KOC is also a big Rudy guy and likes to defend him. So it's a cool write up about about Rudy, but I think he's looked better. And I think to your point about being spry, I said it, I've said it since Vegas in in preseason. Like I think he was just hurt or tired or the Eurobasket stuff slowed him down. Like he looks, he's finishing with more authority. John Krasinski had a good point. Like he's starting to be more physical and like lay guys out. <laughs> On yeah. screens a little more, and just kind of like let people know that I'm a seven foot three giant human, it. and I'm here. And I think that, like we talk about Ant and his ability to dunk on people or be really physical. I think being physical and fast is inspirational for your teammates. And I think that sometimes we, rightfully or wrongfully, get on D'Lo because it, it's more finesse, but that's his game. But Rudy is kind of emphasized being more physical, dunking on people, blocking shots. He's had way more blocks this last week or so than he had to start the season. So yeah, it's cool rankings. And again, it, it's cool to see the wolves have three guys in the top 48, but it also makes you think like, okay, then you know, you can't have any more of those Detroit Pistons losses. And they almost had it against the Rockets, but yeah. and ironically they play the Pistons tomorrow. So this is a team with a lot of talent, a lot of depth. These rankings show it again. They're, you know, they have a guy in the top 40 who's just turned 21. So yeah, good rankings that should make you feel
1: good. But it also, like, this is why you have expectations is because you got a lot of good talent on the team. A guy that must have just missed the top 100. Jesus. Just missed the top 100 is, is your guy. I want to give you a chance here as the captain of the Jaden McDaniels fan club. Thank you. I love random graphs and plots on Twitter. And this, <laughs> this one was sent out by B ball index, the B ball index. And uh, the write up is Jaden McDaniels is looking to make an all defensive team this season. And so this is a—it's a scatter plot for those of you math nerds out there. And uh, the vertical column is ball screen navigation. That's right. Football. <laughs> so how good are you at ball screen navigation? And I don't even know what the metric is that they're using to quantify here, but it's uh, something. And then on ball defense. So basically, like they're trying to measure your individual performance as a defender and how well are you, how great are you as an on-ball defender, and then how well do you navigate ball screens. The best player on this scatter plot graph is Jaden McDaniels. What do yep. you think about this, as the president slash captain of the Jaden McDaniels fan club? Um, he's also in year three, just like Anthony Edwards. He doesn't put up the gaudy numbers, you know. He doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't 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 grab like 15 rebounds in a game or anything. So he can be a little underwhelming in the box score, but some of the defensive metrics show you that holy crap, this dude is is kind of locked down as a 22 year old. So um, the floor is yours to gloat about <laughs> Jade McDaniel's winning the scatter plot.
0: B be- ball be- index. I'm with you. I don't really know exactly what the metrics they're using are, but they're well, like we
1: don't know what this is. But hallelujah, <laughs> Jaden McDaniels. Yeah.
0: Anytime I see my <laughs> a favorite player or someone I cheer for or root for, like at the top of a chart, like I don't care what the metrics are, I'm just gonna run with it. Um. But you know, you said all defense, and that's what this is about. All defensive teams. All defensive teams might be the most confusing award in the league because I don't think I mean, we just talked about it with Rudy, right? Like. You don't just make all defense because you have a lot of steals and blocks. There's like a lot of different metrics and things that go into like figuring out are you actually a good defender? Cuz you can block yeah. shots and be a bad defender. You can get steals and be a bad defender. Um and that sometimes is actually ants MO at times it's like, you know, high steals doesn't mean necessarily you're that locked in. With Jaden though, it's just like this gra- he's just awesome. He is just an awesome person to put next to a guy like Rudy Gobert he's so physically so long his offense is I mean that's what his little circle on that graph shows is like he's not just a when you think Tony Allen Tony Allen was a shutdown defender and he was a you couldn't even trust him in the half court he couldn't shoot he couldn't really attack the rim Jaden showed you an ability to hit from mid-range
1: he's shooting like 40 percent from the corner um He's like a, he, like he's like Trenton Hassel, a younger yeah, that's a good Trenton yep. Hassel, but yep. with way more. Like Trenton Hassel was just Trenton Hassel his whole career. Mm-hmm. Jade McDaniel's is only twenty two and has a chance to be far better than Trenton Hassel, but he's like the Trenton Hassel of this year's team.
0: And I, I just love the I love the mental side of the personality side of stuff. Like now being out here in the Pacific Northwest, I got to see him in college. You get to talk to some people. He's from Seattle. Like he could be. For no other way to put he could be kind of a douche as a teammate if he wanted to. Like he was highly rated in high school, his college program kind of fell apart. He dropped in the draft. Like, he could be a guy that's like, give me more shots, and he can't even get six (laughs) in a game. But that's like how unselfish he is. Like we talked about with Rudy those first 20 games. It's not always fun to play defense and block shots and do all the gritty stuff and then not be rewarded with like the cool parts of dunks and putting the ball in the basket. Yeah. And Jaden's never once he's beloved as a teammate. He has never been a, you know, a new, like an issue behind the scenes or whatever. Um, and for guys in a contract year, you'd think like, okay, maybe I want to like, maybe I want to get some shots here. Like, you know, like pass me the ball and he's never really done it. Um, and yeah, if you want to redraft the, the, the 2020 draft or whatever, he went 28th to the Lakers technically before being one of those trades that uh, Gerson Rosas made, but he's just, the the Rudy Gobert trade was an overpay at the time, and it still is an overpay. And if they make the second round of the playoffs, it's an overpay. You'll never be able to fight that. But if you were to give up Jaden McDaniels to keep a couple picks, that would have made the deal worse. And I don't think that's up for debate. Like, keeping Jaden McDaniels was probably the single greatest move Tim Connolly's made since arriving back in April. Let's do a quick just
1: exercise on the redraft okay, front. I'll Let's go ready. through. Go pull up. Can you pull up, if you haven't already, the 2020 yep. NBA draft? Yep, I do. All right, I am going to. I'm gonna sort this by win shares so we can kind of. Okay, if we because I feel like if we sort it, let's. I don't want to go through all the picks, so okay, let's yeah, let's yeah, sort yeah. it by win shares, and we'll go from the best players. Like like Tyrese Halliburton has the most win shares of anyone from that draft class. Some of it's because he's. He's played, like, all of the games. He's played the, most, the second most minutes, and he's really yep. good. So mm-hmm. that's, that's how you rack up win shares. Are you good? Do you play a lot? Yep. <laughs> so yep, he's exactly. number one. Desmond Bain is number two. Basically, stop me when I get to someone that you feel like, hmm. So Jay McDaniels was what, the 28th pick. Would he go higher is the question. Okay. Tyrese Halliburton, yeah. Desmond Bain, Tyrese Maxey, Emmanuel Quickly,
0: you could, make Ball. A, you
1: could make an argument that he would go ahead of Emmanuel quickly, but but he wouldn't go ahead of La- Lamello Ball. Nope, right? nope, nope. Let's just tally guys that were for sure would go ahead of him. One, two, three, four.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So Lamello Ball, uh, Onyeka Okongwu, probably him.
0: Like he probably Aneka. He's in that mix. Yeah.
1: Okay, that's five. Isaiah Stewart. Nope. Another Washington guy. UW guy. I think I think uh, Jaden goes ahead of him. Yep. Sadiq Bay. Nope. Well, you know, that that's close. I, I do like Sadiq Bay, but he can he can score a little bit, shoot some threes. Yeah. Yeah, it's but let's it's close. Okay, it's, it's, it's a maybe. Anthony Edwards. I think he probably goes before our guy, Jaden McDaniels. Yep. Kenya Martin Jr. No. I think he, I think we're kind of like Obi Toppin. Who Obi Toppin, Congrats. you
0: can you can kind of dunk like Obi Toppin might be older than my dad. Like he's an old I think Obi Toppin's already like 25 years old somehow. <laughs> so so yeah. no. Devin Vassil is the guy on there, but the the asterisk next to who would you take? Devin Vassil is what Jaden could be. He could be on a really terrible team getting force fed a lot more opportunities. But I'll take the guy who is just longer, jumps higher, and I mean Devin Vassell's really become a good shooter. I think he's like 37% career from, from three, but um, yeah, I, w- I would take Jaden. I'm biased, but that's
1: a, that's a close one, but I think that might be it. Phil, like we're getting James, James Wiseman. I'm going down. <laughs> no, nah, I'm good. I mean, he, so he, if we, if you redrafted, he's a top 10 pick for sure. Right. That was the point of my tweet is that if you go back and look at,
0: if you go back to basketball reference and just click where they were drafted um, or whatever, like, yeah, it's there. He, he's, He was a kid drafted 28th overall. I mean, dude, he was drafted behind Leandro Balmero. People forget that. That's right. Um, He would be a lottery pick if redrafted in 2020. And I just think that kind of tells you all you need to know is that you essentially got two lottery picks. And for the most part, it seems like you hit on the first one really well. um, And it seems like you probably hit on the second one really well. And that is a game changer. You don't usually have two lottery picks in any draft. Um, And that's the foundation moving forward. And that's why it's not the worst thing in the world. If you draft 28th or 26th or 24th this summer and you don't get that pick because it went to Utah because you have two, you know, Jalen Brown and and Jason Tatum are two like lottery picks, right? Like that's what they built their whole franchise around. So um, Jaden's more than just a defensive stopper. He's more than a circle on a graph, but he, as windshares show, like he's a, top 10 player from that class and he's only getting better and there's some guys on that list that you can make an argument that he should be above anyway like quickly
1: yeah he is his on offs are interesting too so when he's this season when he's on the court for the timberwolves versus off the court the wolves are seven points better per 100 possessions now some of that he's he's getting a lot of run with some good players because he's a starter so he's he's constantly out there with anthony edwards and you know d'angelo russell and rudy gobert but that's very telling in itself that just when when he's on the court versus off the court there's a 7 point swing per 100 possessions and it ain't because he's taking the lead offensively necessarily he's he's a good 3 point shooter but he's not offense is supplementary to to his value so it's a lot of hidden kind of again it's like he's not lighting it up with a bunch of rebounds he's not necessarily blocking like 4 or 5 shots he's just he's just sort of a hidden lockdown defender that's only going to get better. So,
0: Oh, there we go. And he, uh, I'm trying to dodge the mowing going on beneath my apartment. Uh, Oh, There's
1: just like landscaping (laughs) party happening. You
0: wonder where I live. (laughs) Uh, No, and what you said is really, really smart. Like he does do a lot of the stuff you don't see, kind of like Rudy Gobert. Yeah. But if you're trying to look at this from 30,000 feet and not, you know, the two days off between Houston and Detroit, like those are the guys you want to put around the 36 best player in the league and Anthony Edwards, you want guys that do dirty stuff. Yes. Non-box score stuff. You know, who's taking shots at the end of games, you know, who's filling up the points category. Like, but can you have two, I mean, there's, there's some crazy metrics about Jaden McDaniels as a wing player, like protecting the rim. If you can say at any point, we can have one top 10 rim protector and maybe top two, top 10 rim protectors alongside this kid who can fill it up and then supplemental pieces around him. I mean, that's, that's that's how you talk yourself into the the price you paid to get Rudy Gobert. It's like yeah, we paid a lot, but we needed it to fill in with this kid. So yeah, the Jaden McDaniels story continues to be impressive. Uh, another guy that is up for a big payday this summer, just like Ant, um, core fixture of this team, and you know having career highs and anything from points to rebounds to assists. Like he's just having a career year. It's just kind of covered under the fact that a lot of his stuff is a little dirtier, a little grittier. Uh, I. Jim Pete said it the other night. He hasn't actually ever had a double double. <laughs> I think he's only had nine or more rebounds wow. five times in his career, and the Wolves are four and one in those five games. So small sample size, but when he had 11 rebounds, he had four points. So yeah. uh, there's still a lot left to kind of uncover and untapped, but very impressive stuff. A, a good sidekick to have if you think Ant is the future. Yeah. Okay, let's play a quick game
1: before we're, okay. we're, we're, we're kind of we're doing a little bit of a shorter podcast than usual yeah. today, like 30, 35 minutes instead of your. Uh, you know, a customary 45 to 50 minutes of brilliance that you usually hear from us (laughs) on Flagrant Howls. But, um, okay, the game is called Cryptic or No. (laughs) Carl Anthony Towns tweeted two days ago. They said, if it happened, then it's meant to be. Guess we'll see, dot, dot, dot. Now, those are lyrics to a song of some kind. People did uncover that. And there are four photos he posts with this. One is just him, like, staring into a huddle in his street clothes. Another one is him sitting next to Ant in his street clothes, gazing onto the court. Then there's a picture of him clapping in his street clothes. And the fourth picture is him standing next to Paul George. Hmm. What do you make of this? Well, the
0: non-fun wet blanket answer is that I know Carl. People know that Carl and Paul George are like really good friends. Um, so when when the Clippers came through and Paul George didn't play and Carl didn't play, like I think they might have hung out, like clearly took a picture on on the court together, or whatever. Um, hmm. so I know that they're tight. There's been documentation of them hanging out in the off season and doing stuff. Um, outside of that, I don't know because I want to say it's nothing, but we're a couple days removed from another cryptic tweet from D'Lo um cryptic tweets are what these dudes send i mean sometimes they don't even send their own tweets or their own photos they have people that do that for them but uh i don't think it means anything but it definitely i've actually i'll say this i don't think it i never think that it doesn't mean anything like i think there's like one percent what could it mean could it have been a bad day could it be him trying to recruit paul george to come to minnesota because paul george told them on the court like i'm so tired of playing with Kawhi and his one robot leg like i don't know but it definitely anytime these dudes do something, they're so calculated now in 2023, they they know that when they push send, it's gonna trigger a conversation that then they'll be like, I can't believe you read into that. It's like, dude, you push send. Um, so I don't know. I do know they're tight. I don't think it's an indication he wants out. I know he's trying to get back on the court, might be a couple more weeks, but uh what do you this this might be up your alley a little more? Give me a little fodder for this.
1: I'm just trying to I'm just trying to pull up the trade machine and see if there's any sort <laughs> of uh uh, D'Angelo Russell for so Paul George. Let's see. Uh, let's look at their contract. So, D'Angelo Russell's contract is expiring at 31 million dollars. Didn't Paul just sign a new contract recently? Always seems to be on, yeah. Yeah, he signed, I think it kicked in a year ago or something. So, he's under contract through 2024 25 on a player option. So, technically, he only has one year left. Ironclad, and then the then there's a 48 million dollar player option. So you know something like D'Lo is expiring, and you would need to find like 14 million more dollars somewhere. I don't know if you could, you can't really include a draft pick because you don't really have any future first round <laughs> picks to trade. That's where my mind went. It was he wants to play with Paul George. Interesting. They're friends. Posting pictures, cryptic text. All right. So he either wants to force his way to the Clippers or he wants to save Paul George from the Clippers. Maybe, maybe that's over.
0: it. I will say, too, just because there was, if you scroll Kat's timeline, there was another set of photos and a music lyric. It might just be what you're doing when you're bored as hell in January and you can't get on the court. Um, I, I can relate <laughs> Hello, to that. Hello, darkness, I, my old friend. Yeah. I have some cryptic Instagram <laughs> posts that I send. Um, but no, I, I think that it's, again, too, I want to say Carl did this cool thing the other night where he tweeted out, like, I had a friend that actually was the one that got the tickets to go sit courtside. He just got married. Shout out to Dan Slaba. Um, but I think Carl does like being in Minnesota. If you're worried, I think he does like being here. But anytime those guys send that stuff and then you loop in another team, it does, this is the season. And if you think it's bad on January 10th, it's going to get so much worse leading up to February 9th because cryptic tweets, cryptic retweets, likes, unfollowings of accounts, all the things that I do in my, on my social media accounts. Like that's what these guys do at a much larger scale. So it'll be interesting, but yeah, if Paul George wants to come to Minnesota, I think they can probably carve out some minutes more.
1: We'll make it happen. where's the, let me find the $14 million contract here. Let's see salaries. Uh, they already traded. Oh, maybe it's, um, maybe it's, um, I don't know. We'll make it it work. Yeah. It can't be Kyle Anderson. (laughs) Kyle Anderson deserves to (laughs) own the team at this point. (laughs) Um, it's time for your weekly Western conference playoff picture update here. On Flagrant Howls, where the Timberwolves are currently tied with the Suns and the Blazers for the eighth seed in the West. Climbing on up. Utah has fallen out of the 10-team playing range. The Lakers are just a game back. They're tied with Utah. And the Thunder are a game and a half out. But here's the thing. The Wolves, with some winnable games here, they've won four games in a row. I guess the Pistons is winnable. Um, The Wolves are only... A half game out of the six seed behind the Clippers right now, and they're only five games out of the three seed, and they're only three games out of the four seed. So they're under five hundred, but the, like no one's really pulling away in the Western Conference. So they're in a mishmash. We love we love to look at the schedule and feel really bad about who's not like when we
0: looked at the schedule a couple of weeks ago, like Boston at Boston at Miami at New Orleans at Milwaukee, they're going to get slaughtered. Well, spoiler alert, they got slaughtered. But now it's like, okay, Detroit with two days off at home for Phoenix. I mean, I don't know if you, anyone listening, but that Phoenix Suns team is one of the They're, worst teams yeah, in the league right now. It's really bad. Um, anyone listening to this spent their New Year's Eve watching the Wolves lose at home to the Pistons? So I understand there is guarded, guarded scar tissue and all that stuff. But you could wake up Saturday morning to a team that, like you said, is comfortably in the sixth seed. Uh, and the schedule, I mean, there's a couple more, the Houston Rockets, my one takeaway from that game, they're the worst team in the league. They might be the worst team I've seen in decades. Like they have no leadership. Austin rivers called it out. Shout out to Austin rivers, who is just moving up and up the power rankings of leadership. Um, they have a lot of easy games on the schedule kind of coming up. They tend to not take those games seriously, but if they do take them seriously, like it's gotten a lot easier now where you can wipe away a lot of those early season issues, um, and you can you know you can stroll into the uh, the All Star break, which is in the middle of February. If you move into the All Star break and you're bringing Carl back and you're a top six team in the West, no one's going to be saying the same things they were saying about you in October and November. So the the opportunity is there. Uh, will this team take it? Who knows? But uh, it's much more fun doing that little bit than it was last week when they were 12th and just you know pumping the thunder for 13th. <laughs> That's
1: right. And that is your Western Conference playoff picture update here. On flagrant howls. Yeah, let's go get some uh, go get some wins here. Um, I have, maybe we can do this for our next episode mm-hmm. this week. I do have a few comments saved up for another edition of Phil and Kyle read the comments, including a rip on you that's pretty funny. So okay. we'll just, we'll save that for maybe a Thursday episode this week as we wait to see if the Timberwolves can extend their winning streak to five, like you said, against the Pistons. A lowly Phoenix team, like you said, they play a ton of home games between now and basically the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So go take advantage, go get back a handful of games over five hundred. Then Carl Anthony Towns comes back maybe as a secondary player to to the new point ant, and we can we can see this thing hum as we go down the stretch. So Vikings um, playoffs, Carlos Correa,
0: Tim robes haven't lost in twenty twenty three. Minneapolis what might is, be the hottest sports town in this in the country.
1: Go on the record. What's your Vikings? Playoff prediction here. What happens?
0: Oh, man, I've watched, I watched way too much football this season. I, I don't know. If you can't beat that Giants team, uh, as well-coached as they are, um, blow it up. Take a year off. Go get Caleb Williams in 2024. Uh, the Giants team is tough and physical, but they, I mean, as a guy who plays a lot of fantasy sports, it's hard to name wide receivers on that team. It's hard to see how they're going to score. So uh, I think the Vikings are going to win. I defer to to the the smart people over at Purple Daily and and you and so Judd smart. and Declan yes. but Very smart. um you, you, I don't know I know that you wanted this the two seeds you could play more home games and stuff but if you wanted one opponent for this week I think you'd much rather play the Giants than I you know I guess I guess the Seahawks you and I being out here the Seahawks are kind of fool's gold but bring the Giants out, bring the Giants to town make that stadium as loud as it gets and just go attack Daniel Jones
1: I'm thinking about I'm going to give you a little don't tell Judd and Declan this because I don't that's want fair. them to steal this prediction, but the 49ers are incredible and they're doing this now they're, with a yeah. third string quarterback. Yeah, and awesome. it's like, it's like the team that you don't want to face. They've won 10 games in a row. And I get like, I agree with you. Like, Seattle is, that's another sort of favorable draw, especially if you're playing them at home, Geno Smith. But you know what they say in the NFL, it's a cliche, but it's also true. It's hard to beat a team three times in one season. It's a divisional team. Pete Carroll has won a Super Bowl. Pete Carroll is going to spend the whole week getting his guy. I mean, didn't wasn't Carroll the coach? One of his first couple of years in Seattle, they were like a seven-win division winner, and then they beat a 13-win Saints team. That was a home game, in mm-hmm. fairness, for the Seahawks. Yep. That was like 12 or 13 years ago. So I just... I would, it, it would be great for the Vikings if they could beat the Giants and the Seahawks could beat their division rival in the first round, upset them, and then the Vikings get to play... Potentially an extra home game, so I'm just gonna might have to make that prediction so, so on I'm just, the record and write that down tomorrow. We'll just see. saying,
0: uh, ten. If you're if you're Pete Carroll and you say we're ten point underdogs, no one believes in us. Um, also, too, when you get in the playoffs, like I just probably want the better quarterback, right? I a lot of other context goes into this stuff, but like I still would ride with Geno Smith for a game over Brock Purdy. I've I've watched all the 49er games, but yeah, I, I mean I think if you're the Vikings, you got to feel pretty good. Host a playoff game, that place gets. I've never been to US Bank yet, but. My friends that go all the time are like, that place is so loud. That place is going to be screaming on on Sunday. So you couldn't have – the stars have kind of aligned after some difficult end of the season. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Sunday morning when you wake up to watch your favorite basketball – or your favorite football team, the Wolves could be on a seven-game winning streak and be like the fifth team in the Western Conference. So wow, and Carl's it's going to could. Have signed with six more teams by then. He so
1: could have, yeah. Oh, oh, like Correa is uh has failed another physical and then now he's talking to the Royals about a minor <laughs> league contract. I'm surprised uh the Timberwolves <laughs> didn't give a first round pick
0: to the Mets to get that done. The way they just throw <laughs> first round picks around. Just like, hey, you know what, Mets, you guys want a first round pick too. So
1: <laughs> it's a uh, top five protected, but uh, but it's yours. All right, that's a wrap on your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast here for Kyle. I'm Phil. We'll see you guys next time.